Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the third episode of Behind the Blue Crew. Before we get started, we'd like to thank all of you guys for the support that we've received over the past couple of weeks for the show. I mean, we really appreciate it. And we've also gotten a lot of people asking if they could be on the show. So please, you know, let us know if you have any ideas for content that we could produce going forward. Yeah, especially if you want to come on the show, please have an idea we could talk about with you. Yeah, so let's get started. Once again, we have a great slate of topics on the table. So what are we starting off with today, Eli? We're going to start off with Minor Point basketball records. After our discussion on basketball records, we are going to be discussing the three teams in recent history, uh, Mineral Point basketball teams, that is, that have been to state the 2015 boys runners-up, the 2016 girls state champs, and last year's 2020 girls runners-up. Finally, we'll be taking a look at what's going on up here at Mineral Point. We really hope that you enjoy today's show. You're listening to Behind the Blue Crew on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. All right, first off, we are going to be taking a look at the boys and girls basketball record books. So starting off with the boys, looking at career scoring, what stands out to you, Eli? Obviously, you got to be the number one spot in Pat Murphy, who scored 1,800 points, which is just unreal considering the fact that he had no three-point line. And I mean, yeah, looking at that second, third, fourth place on that list, those guys are all really close to each other. Isaac Lindsay with 1,400 points, and no, he did that in only three seasons, obviously injured his senior year, and behind him, Jamie Spurley and Cy Staver with just around 1,200 points of their own. But very impressive for Pat Murphy. He also leads the single-season scoring records in first and second place with 626 points in the 1980s. 87 88 season and 616 uh in the previous 60 86 87 season i think we got to talk about uh this year's senior joel falardo too who is currently ranked 11 on the career scoring list and still has a senior season to go i mean yeah we look at the guys ahead of him uh frank mcgettigan only has six more points than him and mike douglas still joel falardo has to score less than 20 points I mean we're talking about within these first two games of the season as the boys take on Dodgeville and as they take on Belleville Joa Filardo could easily move his way up up to ninth and be threatening Liam Stumpf and Brett McGraw who is now an assistant coach for that boys basketball team uh, inside the top 10. Yeah I think he's just had a very impressive season so far and can't wait to see what he can do this senior year. All right so uh, continuing to look uh at career rebounding, uh, we see Pat Murphy on that list. Uh, very impressive career. A lot of records set by him, uh, even some more recent players on that list. Uh, another interesting thing while we're on the conversation of Pat Murphy is he is not actually in the top uh, in the top three for career field goal percentage, uh, scoring that many points. But he is number five on that list, and he shot a fairly impressive 57% for the amount of shots he took. So Pat Murphy, very incredible with the 57%, and everybody around him was mostly was mostly centers or five men, if you will, uh, who shot mostly around the rim, and Pat Murphy more was a mid-range specialist. So it's just very impressive that he made all those shots. Next up, we're going to be taking a look at girls' basketball stats. So uh, looking at the top 
of the record book. Obviously, we had Pat Murphy on the boys' end in career scoring, but now on the girls' end, we see Carla Gribble, who scored an impressive 1,500 points over the course of her career, almost 1,600. Uh, she is, in fact, a member of the Mineral Point Basketball Hall of Fame and actually played some college ball. Yeah, I think it's very impressive that just for anybody from D4 to go play college basketball, I'm sure she was one, one heck of a ball player. And then you look below that, you see a lot of recent names. Obviously, you see Sydney Staver, who was on that state championship team. She still is playing UW-Milwaukee. And then you see Clara Chambers and Jessica Schultz, two very recent players. Obviously, Jessica Schultz now playing professionally over in Europe. Yes, yeah, Claire and Jessica all won a state championship together. So I'm, all those all those three right next to each other, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and even going into single-season scoring, you see a lot of the same names. Carla Gribble, very impressive in her uh, 96, 95, and 97 seasons, respectively. She placed uh, first, second, and fourth all-time in single-season scoring. Sandwiched in between Carla Gribble there is Sydney Staver, who's, as Matt said, still playing at Milwaukee and looking forward for a Milwaukee season. And now, even going over to rebounding, you see a lot of those recent names on this list. Um in career rebounding, you have Jessica Schultz at the top with just around 800 career boards. And in single season rebounding in her 2014 campaign, she pulled down 300 rebounds. Just to talk about Jessica Schultz a little bit, she was an outstanding ball player throughout high school. But if you follow Jessica Schultz throughout college, you'll know that she got a lot better. And now, as Matthew said, she's playing professionally. And, I mean, you see uh, one of the more recent names, obviously, in the 2019-20 season, you had Nicole Johnson, who pulled down just around 250 rebounds, and that helped catapult her to second on the all-time career rebounding list. So now heading over to uh, some shooting percentages, um, we see uh, some similar names, but definitely, you know, some names that we haven't seen yet on this list. I mean, if we go over first to career three-point percentage, we see Clara Chambers is there and Sid Staver is there, but we see a lot of names on this list that, you know, you haven't necessarily heard of in a long time. Yeah, Tracy Steffes is one of them. We had Ivy Lovinger, who's a more recent name, and then Hannah Lovinger as well. Yeah, and one player that you're definitely going to be seeing on that list very soon is Mallory Lindsay uh, when her career at Mineral Point comes to a close. Obviously, she took part in the uh, state three-point contest, and I think it was her sophomore year, went up to Green Bay and was able to have that opportunity. So it'll be interesting to see where she's able to place on there. As we've seen so far this season, a very efficient shooter from beyond the arc. And now going over to free throw percentage, we see some pretty good percentages. You know, once again, you see Claire Chambers at the top of that list, and you see another recent name in third. Uh, yeah, Macy Ashman was the recent name in third. She shot 76.9% in the 2019-2020 season. So, yeah, that is what we have been looking at with this uh, girls' and boys' basketball uh, all-time leaderboard. Really interesting to uh, take a look at what some of these athletes have been able to do recently and the success uh, that they've had. Uh, next up on Behind the Blue Crew, we are going to be uh, sitting down with some names around MPHS that you might remember. One of those, including current Mineral Point girls basketball senior Mallory Lindsay. We're going to be taking a look at the 2015 and uh, 16 and 2020 girls and boys basketball teams that made it to the state tournament. You're listening to Behind the Blue Crew on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. 
All right, now back on Behind the Blue Crew, we have a guest with us here on the show, Landon Thousand. And uh, for the first team of the three uh, state basketball teams in recent history that we're going to be talking about, we are going to be discussing the 2015 boys runners-up. So first off, uh, I want to ask both of you, who do you see on this roster that I have here? Like, what are some notable names that, you know, you haven't heard in a long time that were pretty big parts of this team? Oh, Jordan Kittleson definitely got to be the sleeper. First man off the bench, and he played some really big minutes for the pointers. Yeah, I definitely have to agree with that. I'd also say uh, Joey Gargan, you know, he was a sleeper on that team. Uh, he he was really the glue guy in my eyes on that team. He always was knocking down clutch shots. So this team obviously had a really excellent record. I believe they were 27-1 and this season, and they made it to the state championship where they uh, faced off against Dominican, a very, you know, contested game for some of that uh, first half there. Um, they really did cruise uh, through this wall, though. I mean, if we take a look at this team schedule, there were a lot of teams that they just absolutely demolished this uh, in this season, and it was really insane to watch. So, you know, as we... Uh, look at this swall schedule of this season and some of these results what are some games that stand out uh it's got to be cuba's got to be their biggest competition in swall especially towards playoffs i mean yeah you see the pointers in december taking down the cubans at home 49 43 and then traveling to cuba city to kick off the month of february in taking home the nine point victory uh definitely a really uh, big win for this team against one of their big rivals and you know playing them again in the regional final in the playoff taking them down by once again nine points taking home the 65 56 win yeah you know it's it's really tough to be a team three times in one year especially a team like Cuba City but you know the pointers managed to pull it off this year which which I thought was pretty impressive and, I mean, you look at that playoff run that they were on, they beat some of these teams pretty handily. I mean, the Iowa Grant game in the, the regional semifinal was, you know, 15, 20-point win. That's pretty big. I mean, also in the sectional semifinal, taking home the win over Deer, Deerfield by a final of 64-48, to 48, pretty big. And even, you know, in the state semifinal, taking home the seven-point win over Auburndale, but ultimately Dominican was just too much for the pointers in the state title game. Uh, not only how talented this team was, but they were all friends off the court, so I think their chemistry off the court just helped on the court, and they were just one heck of a team to watch. I mean, yeah, everybody knows how close-knit this team was and how successful they were on and off the court. I mean, you know, here at Mineral Point, you're reminded walking through the halls not only with their basketball success, but their success in other uh, clubs like forensics. So definitely a really close-knit group of guys, and I feel like a lot of people can really say that, you know, Landon, you were talking about how they had those glue guys, you know, this team just really worked together. And I feel like that's something that really, you know, improved their quality as a team and helped them get further in the playoffs than a lot of people expected. Yeah, um, they weren't always the best team out there, but they definitely had the best chemistry. And I think that's what um, made them win a lot of these games by a substantial margin. I mean, yeah, and you look at sports like you said, being the best team is not always what's going to result in a win. And definitely, you know, working hard and playing together as a team is really what helped this team get to 
the state championship game where they were able to take home the silver ball, something the boys team has not done in a very long time, you know, going to state and finding that success. Next up, we're going to be taking a look at the 2016 girls basketball team, the state champs. Yeah, so obviously this was a really good team. They went on uh, quite the streak, so they finished the season with a record of 26-2. and two. But fun fact, this in this season they actually uh, capped it off with a 25-game win streak, which is something pretty crazy. I know when Eli and I were pulling up the stats from this team, we were discussing who we think this team might have lost to when we saw their record of 26-2. and two. And they actually started the season 1-2. and two. Uh, They fell in their first game of the season to Dodgeville 45 to 51 and then after beating River Valley they lost to a really good Barneveld team back when they were perennial state contenders 41 to 60. I just think it speaks volume about this team that they all really came together they didn't put their heads down after being one and two they really obviously they really were excited for the rest of the season and went 25 and 0 which is an, an insane stat. And then, I mean, looking through the rest of the schedule, they did really pick things up. I mean, just some of these scores I'm seeing, you know, they beat Iowa Grant 78-16, to Belmont 71-21, Southwestern 92-27. to uh, I mean, down the line, they beat Darlington 71-25. to uh, These are some pretty insane scores, and even in the playoffs, um, some pretty big wins, you know. And in the regionals, especially taking home 69 to 26 and 56 to 26 wins over Waterloo and Lancaster, respectively. We talked about it a little with the 2014 2015 boys, but also the 2015 2016 girls also beat Cuba three times in one season, which is just crazy considering the fact that we also always have a rivalry with Cuba and we only beat them by two in the sectional at Monroe. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you look, there was quite a, a large margin of victory in those uh, regional games, but the sectional games were closer, you know, only beating Cuba by two points in Wisconsin Heights uh, by four. But then getting to state, this is really, I think, where this team came together and shined. You know, uh, they were able to take down, uh, I believe, two private schools here, uh, Regis 77 to 56 and Kenosha St. Joseph 68 to 52. Those are two pretty big wins for this team, and it just shows the fight that they had and how they rallied. And I mean, uh, looking back to when we were talking about the records earlier and, you know, just looking at this roster, there are a lot of girls on this team that were really, I mean, memorable. They played really big parts in this team. I mean, names that stand out to me right away just looking at this roster. I mean, you see Sid Staver. You see um, Claire Chambers was on that record board. Um, I mean, Jessica Schultz had a pretty impressive career. A lot of these girls did. Yeah, if you go and look out at the record board, you'll see those three names pop up right away. They were, all went on to play collegiate ball, and Jessica Schultz went on to actually play pros. So, obviously a very talented team. Now, out of all three teams that have been to state in Mineral Point basketball in the past 10 years, the last team to talk about is the 2020-2021 girls basketball team, state runners-up. And with us from that team, we have Mallory Lindsay, who is currently on this year's team, but also a pivotal piece to that team in 2020-2021. Hi, it's Mallory. So first, we would like to ask you about the state semifinal game. Yeah, I think um, going into the state semifinal game, we were uh, super excited, obviously, at state. Um, we were also a little bit nervous, considering it was our first game, playing on a bigger court, too. Um, but as we got going in the game, we, we 
uh, started knocking down shots. At the beginning, it was a little slow, but we did end up starting knocking down shots, and then I think we got a little bit more comfortable in what we were doing, and obviously we ended up pulling away pretty pretty big there, which gave us a lot of confidence going into the state final game. So now going into that state championship game against Michigan, obviously, you know, they were the one seed, had been a really good team all year, you know, played together, uh, very good shooting team. You know, what was it like taking that step up in game from, you know, handily, I would say, defeating Banger in the semifinals to having to play a team like that? Yeah, it was kind of crazy. In between the games, we were actually watching the Michigan film. That was the first time we had watched the film together as a team. Um, so we were kind of preparing on the fly. It was also different because it was a COVID year. We had to play two games in one day. It wasn't like past years where you got to play one game on a uh, one of the days and then you got to rest that night and then play again the next day um so it was definitely new but it was also exciting um going into the Mishka game we knew that they were they were going to be big inside and they had some really good post girls but we just if we were we were coming off a really hot game with shooting and we just thought like if we could knock down shots again they did a really good job guarding our perimeter players um a Macy Ashleman she ended up going crazy in the second half of that game for us. I mean, overall, that game was just super exciting. The crowd was the crowd was crazy, and it was just a really fun atmosphere to be playing in. Um, it obviously didn't end the way we wanted it to, but we have a lot of the girls back on this year's team, and we're excited to clean up the unfinished business that we didn't get to take care of last year. So you talked a little bit about um, a lot of pieces coming back, but can you expand a little bit on the, on the roles the senior had last year? Um, yeah, we're really going to miss Macy this year. Uh, she was just an, a, a lock from the three-point line. I knew that if I, if, Ma uh, if I needed to get a three in, I was going to Macy with the ball. Um, she just had the senior confidence that we needed. Um, she was just a really good leader, and she was really fun to play with. Uh, she taught me a lot, so we're, we really miss Macy this year. Um, uh, Emily Cody, she just brought so much energy on the defensive end. She could always uh, come in and give Ella breaks when she needed them. Um, I was never worried with Emily out on the court. I knew she was always going to give 100% effort all the time. So she was another really big piece that we're that we'll, we missed this year. Um, and then Ivy Lavinger, she had a really good state final game. That was actually like her best game she played all season for us. So, I mean, all and Haley Murphy, how could I miss Murph? She was injured all year, unfortunately, but she brought so much energy from the bench. She was, she was always crazy. We always could count on Haley to lift us up and I, we really miss all of our seniors. They were, they were a good group for us to follow in their footsteps. So. And I know, obviously, we covered some of this in our interview with you. Uh, uh, I think it might have been last week uh, as you were uh, Blue Crew Player of the Week. But last season was obviously very different from this year. I mean, you know, looking at the environment that you were playing and the amount of fans, you know, having to wear masks when you were on the court versus not having to in every game now. You know, what we've, we've talked about with you before what this year is going to be like, but just overall, how would you sum up the experience of – you know, last year was different from being on that team, that perspective. And while we know, you know, we all, all Pointer fans 
know a player at some point and they know what the general experience is like for those players so what was it like being on that team last year you know any memories that you have from that season that are different and that you don't think you're gonna have this season what made last year special I guess is what I'm trying to say here um, I think what made last year special was just uh, the um, personalities of the girls on the team last year. Like, uh, constantly, we were constantly laughing. Like, we just got along with each other so well. And, I mean, I just I just really missed that team last year. But uh, I'm just super excited about this year's team, too. We, they, like I said before, like, they set such a good example for all of us. So, coming in as a senior role this year, like, us and the seniors know how to make it fun and, um, like, to accept the underclassmen and to make them really feel a part of it and comfortable with us. I think that was just a big piece of last year. We were just all so comfortable with each other and knew we could trust each other. All right. Thank you for coming on the show today. Up next, Eli and I are going to be taking a look at what's coming up here in Mineral Point, games, themes, and more. You're listening to Behind the Blue Crew on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Before we wrap things up here today, we would like to take a look at what's coming up here in Mineral Point. Uh, obviously, uh, before we talk about basketball, we would like to mention uh, that gymnastics is getting underway soon. We'd like to wish luck to all of the gymnastics athletes uh, and the wrestling team. Uh, two very successful uh They had a dual meet and a tournament to start their season, so best of luck to them as they uh, continue with a dual meet hosting uh, basketball this Friday night. Uh, Now on to basketball. We've got some themes to talk about. Uh, Four away games this week, two for the boys and two for the girls. So, Eli, where are we starting off this week? Uh, First up, the boys are going to be playing Cambridge on Monday night at Cambridge, which will be a very very good basketball game, and the theme there is Pointer Spirit definitely a staple uh pretty excited to see who's best dressed for that one uh next up a theme that personally when I was you know going through this list this is one that really stood out to me I'll be interested to see how creative some people can get for this one uh the theme is coach on Tuesday night as the girls basketball team travels to Platteville uh, I think this this is going to be one of the best games the girls have all year. Uh, they just played Aquinas, I believe, and were leading them at halftime. Now, they did end up losing by 20, but still leading the number one ranked team in Division Four is pretty impressive for Platteville. And, I mean, thinking back to the 2019-2020 season, I believe that, you know, when the state tournament got canceled halfway through for the girls, Platteville was actually uh, competing in that tournament. So definitely a really good basketball team. Uh, Continuing uh, with the girls on Thursday night, uh, another swall matchup as they travel to Darlington for an always uh, contested battle with the Redbirds. Really interesting to see how that game will go. Theme is Safari. Never know how it's going to go down in Darlington. Um, On Friday, the boys will be traveling to Iowa Grant in the very, very interesting theme is Jack. Yeah, definitely going to be interested to see what people are going to be able to do for that one, see what they think. Thank you all for listening to our longest podcast, actually, so far. Yeah, thanks for uh, sticking with us throughout the whole show. This has been the third episode of Behind the Blue Crew on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts.
episode three of Behind the Blue Crew was uh, hosted by Matthew Ginnon and Eli Lindsay and produced by Matthew Ginnon. We would like to thank Mallory Lindsay and Landon Thousand for appearing on today's show, and we would like to thank you for listening to today's show. Please let us know if you have any ideas going forward on the show. This has been episode three of Behind the Blue Crew on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts.